Welcome to the Weave Your Bliss podcast. I'm your host, Paula Crossfield, a Vedic astrologer and business coach helping you to live in your purpose. And that is what this podcast is all about. So let's jump right in to the conversation. Hello and welcome to the Weave Your Bliss podcast. I'm so, so thrilled to have Becca Q. Co. on with me today. She is an actor, a director, a singer, a multi-talented artist, and we talk about some really beautiful projects that she is involved in, including a new series called When We Grow Up, which has a number of characters in their 30s in LA who are BIPOC, queer, and just living their normal lives. And so we talk a lot about representation, why it's important, and important to her. We also talk about her work with Gabriela Los Angeles, a grassroots Filipino women's organization that serves the community and fights for human rights locally and abroad. Becca also enjoys producing original work, which we talk a little bit about in this episode, and you'll find some of the links in the show notes. But her comedic short film, Spies, was a winner at Indie Dance in 2020 and awarded a silver finalist in the Spotlight Short Films Award in Atlanta, Georgia, and was the official selection of the Oregon Short Film Festival, the Rock the Shorts Festival in Los Angeles and the Austin Micro Short Film Festival. So that's cool. She also does a lot of comedic work, which we talk about. Um, So I hope you enjoy this episode. Take a look at When We Grow Up, which is crowdfunding. All the information is in the show notes. Before we jump in, I just want to let you know about a couple of things. First of all, please make sure you're on my newsletter list. You can go to weaveyourbliss.com. Can either get the moon guide or you can just straight up sign up for the newsletter. This is going to be the place where I'll be announcing some exciting new things in the coming months. I don't want you to miss out. Also, if you're not following me on Instagram, it's at Weave Your Bliss. There's a lot of great information there that I share about astrology and aligning with your purpose. And I have launched in the last couple of months a Facebook group specifically for entrepreneurs who are looking to explore astrology as a specific strategy for their business, allowing them to know the timing of things, how to align better with their unique purpose, their gifts, and what obstacles may come up when and how to navigate those. So if that's something that's interesting to you, I talk a lot about business strategy as well, like being visible and storytelling and how the astrology is at the current moment. So check that out. Weave Your Business Bliss is the name of the Facebook group. So I hope you'll join us. Now on to the episode. Hello, Becca Q. Co. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk to you. There's so many... You're working on this wonderful project when we grow up, which we'll get into. But I would love to start with your journey. You, it seems like you started acting pretty young. What was it about acting that you loved? <laughs> so I came out of the womb singing. <laughs> I just have been 
a storyteller since basically I could make any sound or movement. I was always kind of like entertaining myself as a kid and yeah, would just like build funny little costumes and props for my sister and I to play with. And I loved like puppets and there were so many books and TV shows that we watched that had so much to do with like imagination and exploring and creating worlds for yourself. And I had some like teddy bears that I loved and I would set them up like around my room as an audience and I would just like perform for them. And and some of that performance was like weirdly very like pedestrian. Like I'd be like, now I'm a cashier. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> performing, being a cashier and using my little inhaler as like the clicky device. So yeah, since I was really young, I was always playing and making up characters and stories. And I thought actually for a long time that I was going to be a professional basketball player in the WNBA because I was like very, very active and basketball was so important to me for so many years. I still was interested in acting, but my parents had kind of found this community theater where I took classes and then we'd perform in the shows. But I was always kind of bored because as a younger person, I would be like in two numbers with an ensemble. And I was like, yeah, this is fun. I can do the kickball change and the steps and all that. But but like, I don't know if this is really it. And then I went to a performing arts high school in Orange County. It's called OSHA. It kind of just, yeah, changed my whole way of thinking about performing. And I fell very deeply into acting. And I realized that like everything that I wanted to do and like all the ways I wanted to express myself, I could there. Although at the time it felt a little bit more limited than of course it does now. But yeah, and then I just kept going with it. Um, my mom was always very excited about it for me from a young age. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. Um, and my dad was concerned <laughs> for obvious <laughs> reasons. Um, but I've um, basically just had conversations with them about what I was doing, like all throughout this whole process. And now I'm at a point where after college, where I studied theater in New York, I am focusing more on creating my own and producing my own original work, which has been really great and just makes a lot of sense for me based on like how I've been my whole life. Yeah. And it seems like you've carried through this idea of like having a character. I, I was watching some of the videos that you have up on your website of I think it's Serena the Snack, <laughs> right? So yeah. you have these humorous kind of characters that you embody. And I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about that, about the humor piece or the commentary piece and, and how that impacts you. Yeah, I'm so glad you asked because comedy has been a huge part of just like me becoming a person. Because from a very young age, I, without getting too much into it, had sort of a difficult childhood. And I realized from a young age that like I could make myself and other people laugh and it felt so good and it kind of just dispersed all of the tension and any like anything stressful or negative that was happening. I could chop it in half 
by like doing something stupid or silly <laughs> or like doing impressions of like family members or teachers or whatever it was. Yeah, that's so, so comedy is everything to me because it, you can still talk about the real shit and be funny. And it lets people in a way that like very serious and earnest drama doesn't. So, yeah, these characters for me are just honestly how I want to like walk through the world just if I'm feeling a certain way, I just want to let that be, you know, I want to like express different parts of myself. Looking at your chart, you know, just before we started talking and I was thinking about Scorpio rising, you know, you have the Scorpio intensity, uh, you know, that sort of brings one into the depths of themselves. But you also have this Mercury there and Mercury in the first house is he's the joker, the player, the the clever one, the the comedian, you know, so so dealing with these kind of darker topics or things that are under the surface that people need to look at and bringing that stuff to the surface and then amplifying it because you have the nodes there too. So the nodes are where the eclipses take place. And so there's this powerful energy being pulled up from the depths. This is your superpower. <laughs> Whoa, that is amazing to hear because I am currently writing a pilot that I've wanted to write for years, but was honestly a little scared. <laughs> that has a lot. It has everything to do with with past trauma and and inner demons and inner saboteur and just like, but like bringing it out of the depths to the surface and without making fun of it, like being able to to laugh and kind of have that release. So beautiful. Yeah. And you have that potential to really impact people with that work, showing them what's possible. Because like the other thing I saw in your chart is that you have, first of all, you're in your Saturn return, which maybe you know, like Saturn is coming to its home place. There's a lot of Saturn energy in the sky right now, which is intensifying all that, but you have Venus there. So that means that you're alchemizing that through this lens of what is beautiful through like the kind of art. You're creating something that really allows people to see things in a different way and it's transformational. So it's awesome that you're writing something. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh my God. It's yes, this is so awesome. I was so excited to hear that you were going to be sharing my chart with me because I really know so little. That does feel like it makes a lot of sense. And I feel like, yeah, in the last few years, there's been a lot of like, inner expansion for me. I've just been working on like healing through different things and also just asking myself, like really trying to go there and ask myself the tougher questions that I've maybe been avoiding. But it does feel really right and magical to be able to process it through an artistic project or a creative way. So that's awesome. Amazing. So I want to talk about this project. You know, you sent me this beautiful uh, note talking about when we grow up. And then it sent me to this website where there's a sizzle reel and I saw all the people involved. And, you know, this is very much a project about showing people in their 30s who are BIPOC, queer, like have, have a different viewpoint, just living their lives in LA. So can you talk a little bit about the genesis of this project and why it's so important to you? Ooh, yeah. So When We Grow Up is already a very collaborative experience. And the creators, Michael and Brandon, who are a couple who are absolutely magnificent and wonderful, 
in so many ways. I actually met them through my friend Terry, who's a member of the cast, and they reached out to me about the project earlier this year and sent me this beautiful pitch deck and pitched the character to me with my face on it. And I almost started bawling <laughs> because I was like, this is so beautiful and it's exactly the kind of project I want and need to be a part of because it feels so real and natural and on the ground. Like it just is an extension of my life. When I saw and met the rest of the cast who are all so brilliant and talented and wonderful. And we all have very different skills and like performance styles and everything. I just felt this deep connection and like feeling of immediate understanding. And what this show feels like is just like a celebration of everyday life, particularly for us. Like I'm slowly exiting my 20s and getting into my 30s. And it's a time of life that I haven't really seen very much on TV. And I think it's beautiful because we are all playing a version of ourselves as creative people who have been hustling and working in very different ways to achieve their dreams and to be able to work on their art. There's this word which I hate, but is very real, which is adulting, which is being redefined every day. It doesn't necessarily mean marriage and kids and a house and a, and a steady job for so many people. It's really important to share this experience with people who are going through the same things and are renegotiating like maybe what they want or, or what they thought they wanted or what they ex where they expected they would be at this time in their lives. So this project for me is really important because it's not a show where people from marginalized communities are having to unpack their strife mm -hmm. or unpack being discriminated against or being put down because of what they look like. And that is a part of our experience, but that's not the story that we're telling. It's an opportunity for us to all be three-dimensional, 360-degree full human beings with all of our like sticky, messy, gross shit, as well as like our love and our friendship and our humor and our trust and dreams and nightmares, all of it. It's everything. And people need to see that. And I'm so excited to be a part of it. So you said people need to see that. And I think I want to talk to you about representation because mm -hmm. you even say it in your bio that that's a really important part of what you're for, like what, you know, what's important to you. So can you talk a little bit about that? Like, why is representation so important? Representation is so important. And the question kind of feels like a really huge, big daunting one, but it's actually the answer is very simple. What you see from a very young age and also like as you grow up through your whole life, what you see like in, in media, in, in film, around you, in books, anywhere that you see people, that affects how you see the world and how you treat other people and how you treat yourself and what you know is possible or is not possible for you. I could talk about this forever, 
because I think like even as I've come to understand it, like every day I, I think of it a little differently. And I just think it's so important. It's so, so, so important. And it's not just important for people from marginalized communities. It's important for everybody because we're all here on this planet together. And it's heartbreaking, the hate and the discrimination that's been built up over centuries that is not by accident. And I think it's really beautiful and amazing that so many people have had their eyes opened, especially in the last year, especially since the Black Lives Matter movement had really like come under so much more support and, and was so much more visible last year because of the death, the murder of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. I think it's amazing people are opening their eyes more to it, but we do have so much further to go. So representation, it gives people the invitation to see others in a new light and to be able to celebrate other people's cultures and values, knowing that like at the end of the day, we all have the same desires for love and for acceptance. Another thing that I think of is like, it drives me crazy when I hear people who are trying really hard to prove that they're not racist by saying like, I don't see color. We're all the same. Like you could be black, white, brown, green, purple, yellow. And I'm like, whoa, 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 hold on a second. (laughs) Like there are not green and purple people. I mean, unless you're talking about Alphaba, which is a fictional character, but like, you do see color. You can't not see color. Everyone does. If you can see, you see color. That is something that like we have to acknowledge because people experience the world. People are treated differently because of the color of their skin. We need to be able to say that, yes, we, we are all human and we share the human experience. And we have different experiences because of how we look. And even celebrating color, you know, celebrating culture, celebrating difference, you know, and I feel like that's what I got from the sizzle reel. This is about celebrating these differences. Yes, it's a whole party. So tell me, it seems like an interesting way of starting something like this is going to be produced independently. Is that what is understood? So there's like a crowdfunding campaign to make that happen. We have so (laughs) www.series.com. is where everything lives for for the show. So we have the sizzle reel and the breakdown. There's actually a pitch deck that has the breakdown of, of the cast and the characters and the creative team. And what's really magical about this show is from the beginning, we've had the cast. Even before we've written the scripts and like figured out exactly what the arc of the show and all of this is going to be, So this kind of gives us so much time and freedom for things to develop and build organically over time. And it is going to be independently produced. So our crowdfunding campaign is live and we're planning on, we've now made enough to shoot the the pilot, which is great and get started. The production team is speaking with other investors who are interested in, in, in seeing the pilot and then potentially funding it. But it's beautiful that we are all we are a bundle. We're a package deal. And so it's been nice to be able to have this like 
this really beautiful, loving environment to start the creative process in and really have time to to collaborate and like explore what these characters are and what they can be doing in the show. I love that. I was wondering if you could talk also a little bit about your work with Gabriella Los Angeles and what is what is this organization about and you know why is it so important to you? It's awesome and honestly it's an honor to be able to talk about these things with you. Gabriella Los Angeles is a grassroots organization that is run by Filipino women and non-binary folks. And it is global. And I'm part of Gabriela Los Angeles, um, which does work with other chapters throughout the U.S. and also Gabriela USA, which is kind of a combination of members from all of the different um, chapters in the U.S. And we do also work globally. So it's an incredible community to be a part of. It is anti-imperialist and anti-capitalist. It's an organization that is built by the community for the community. And our purpose is to fight for human rights locally and abroad and to serve the community. So for me, I had been really wanting to be a part of an organization for a long time, but I never really carved out the time to to make that happen. And last summer... After having gone to a few Black Lives Matter protests and marches, I was just feeling really agitated and I was like, I need to get involved. And I reached out to a very close friend of mine who had been a part of a few different Filipino orgs for a while as an organizer. And I just asked her, can you think of an org that I, that might be good for me? And she immediately said, <laughs> you should check out Gabriella because I think you're going to be able to use all of your skills and talents and like towards the movement, like for the people and be able to spread the message and also move the cause forward in that way. And I was just like, Oh my God, yes, let me look into it. And I joined and it's one of the best things that I've ever done for myself because of two reasons. One is that I feel so deeply connected to this incredible community of organizers and activists who I've learned so much from. And two, because I've been able to reconnect to my roots and my Filipino heritage and culture through being a part of Gabriela, which has been something that I've wanted to do for so long. Because growing up, my sister and I didn't learn how to speak Tagalog and didn't learn how to speak Hokkien, which are languages that both of my parents speak. And as a kid, you don't really think that much of it. You're like, I'm just a kid. I'm doing living my life and I and I take Spanish in school. So that's awesome. But then as I'm growing up, I'm going to all these family gatherings and I go, what did what did, can you tell me what they said? And uh -huh. we're just like so left out and it feels horrible. Now that I'm older, I'm like, I, I, I took a Filipino language course recently and being like, really like dunking myself in has felt like a, it's felt like a very spiritual experience because I'm thinking of my grandma and my titas and my Lola and people in my life who I've lost, who would speak to me in Tagalog and, 
you know, had had the food that that they would make for me and 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 things that we talk about and prayers that they would say, like, it feels like it's it's coming back into my life. It's so, so important to to be connected to your history, because in the U.S., it's so common for people to just not know their history, because when immigrants come here, there's there's this sort of general this very unfortunate thing that happens where you assimilate and your family wants you to excel and fit in. I just feel very lucky to be a part of it now. And also on the note of like assimilation, I do feel like I knew I kind of stood out as a kid and kind of loved that. So Mm -hmm. I was like, would I rather fit in or stand out? I was like, well, I already stand out and I want to stand out. So like, let me wear my freaking rainbow toe socks and like be the only (laughs) Filipino Chinese kid here and like be loud and like awesome. Something that I've learned, which I think is so, so important to share is that when I joined, I felt a little intimidated because I had never been an organizer. There was so much that I didn't know about Filipino history and even current events. Or before I joined, I felt a little overwhelmed and a little, honestly, just ashamed for not knowing, for just being ignorant and not seeking out this information. When I joined, I was met with so much compassion and empathy. Everyone was like, you don't need to know everything. That's why we're here. Like we're all here together. None of us are experts. We all have different things that we can bring to the table. And that's why we're here. We're going to learn together. You're going to learn as you go. And like, all you have to do is start. And I think that's something that might hold a lot of people back from getting involved in an organization or fighting for a cause because they might feel like they don't have all the information. And that's okay. You don't have to have all the information. If you want to help people and you believe in the people's movement, that's all you need. And then you start and you see where where you can support and you you do what you can. And another thing that I just thought of is that I I didn't realize before joining Gab, there's such a deep, rich, expansive history of resistance in the Philippines that I just didn't know about. And learning about that was so exhilarating and empowering because I was like, this is literally in our blood. There's so much resistance fighters and revolutions in this country, in the U.S., that we don't learn in history classes. It's such a missed opportunity because people don't know what other people have been through to get to where we are right now so that we can have everything we have now. And um, a friend of mine, Tessa Allen, wrote and illustrated a beautiful book last summer. It's called Sometimes People March. Like It's mind-blowing how many beautiful protests and revolutions that are included in this book that, that I hadn't heard about that are really inspiring and I think would change a lot the way people think about things and to know that change is possible. Beautiful. We'll include that in the show notes too. So people can find that um, and more about Gabriella as well and all the details about the show when we grow up as well. So people will know. (laughs) 
If you are looking for better ways to understand astrology and yourself, you are in luck because I have a course out now called The Planets, and it goes in depth into the stories of the planets, their characteristics, how we can have a relationship with them, how they may afflict us and what to do about it. You also learn a lot about karma, about Vedic astrology, what it is, where it originates from, how to read your chart. So it's a pretty in-depth look and a helpful tool for you to better understand astrology. If you'd like to learn more, you can go to weaveyourbliss.teachable.com. You'll see the planets there and you can click through and learn more. I'm curious, I ask everybody this because this show is really about living in your purpose. And I think like what we've been talking about is like how you're, you're able to just kind of follow the lead on your inspiration, you know, like as wanting to be an actress, like that, how that opened up for you, the comedy piece, you know, so can you talk a little bit about what it means to you to live in your purpose? Like what that means to you? Yeah. So I think I said to one of my friends recently that I just want to have fun and I want other people to have fun. I think that's that a part of my purpose is bringing joy to to everything that I work on. It's honestly been getting harder and harder to do that, but it makes it that much more meaningful because it creates this this like buzz and this energy and this connection that I think is just so is so magical. And I think joy and, and love and tenderness needs to be present to to be able to create and be vulnerable and and kind of like open up these jars of like of the stories and, and the experiences that we want to share. And kind of just like moving through the tough shit with it gives me hope um, knowing that I can make people laugh and make myself laugh. So what advice would you have to someone who's really wants to be an actor right now and how things are? <laughs> so like any, are there any words of wisdom you would give somebody? <laughs> I would say the thing that I have really been learning the most over the past couple of years is to trust yourself. If you want to do something, go for it and trust yourself. Don't overthink it. Just go for it because it's going to be worth it. And yes, there are going to be, it's going to be hard. Like it is not without its obstacles and its frustrations and its rejection. You got to follow your heart. What you, you have to do what you want to do <laughs> and find a way to make it happen. And, and you will. And just talk to everyone, talk to actors and talk to people who aren't actors so much of acting is how you connect with yourself and with the world. If you can just like keep having the conversations, try to build your own work, even if you don't publish it or produce it or put it out there, like work on stuff for you so that you can feel, feel joyful and feel like you are utilizing your talents and your skills because you won't always get to in these, in the commercial auditions where you have to pour a, a cup, a mug of coffee and sip it and go, mmm, and then like <laughs> look surprised. Like you're not going to get to show the range of everything that you can do 
in the auditions that you're going to get. And that is unfortunate, but that's just how it's going to be at the beginning. And you just have to keep trusting yourself and keep making stuff for yourself and do it with friends. Yeah. So get creative about the what it looks like. I feel like that's what we've learned more than anything during this pandemic is no matter where we are, what what work we do, what our purpose is, we've had to get creative about how we're going to bring it to people or how we're going to connect with people or whatever. So this kind of dovetails us nicely into our rapid fire questions. Are you open for some of those? Uh Uh-huh. Let's do it. (laughs) So when you feel anxious, confused, or frustrated, what is the first thing you do to ground yourself? (laughs) Usually either run around and dance like my whole face off to Black Parade by Beyonce, or I just scream. (laughs) I just like let out a deep primal scream. And then I go, okay, what am I doing? (laughs) What's going on? Nice. I had a friend, a very dear friend of mine still, but in college, he used to do a primal scream. (laughs) (laughs) Like when he was feeling really frustrated, he'd just go, ah. (laughs) Yeah, it feels good. Just do one though, because otherwise you'll, you won't be able to stop. And that could be potentially (laughs) harmful to you and maybe other people's ears if there are people around. So. Okay. So what is your favorite hot beverage? A lavender matcha latte. Whoa. I used to make them for myself. <laughs> that is really nice. I love that. I feel like I want the recipe. <laughs> yeah, it's very easy. I can send it to you. It's we just- have some lavender out on the farm that I'm going to have to repot and bring inside. So yeah, I can make it fresh. <laughs> oh, yes. Just make some syrup. Yes. So mm. good. On the same note, what would be your last meal on earth? I want a whole Filipino feast which would include some sisig, which is basically like a sizzling plate of chopped up, it depends on what it is, but lechon, which is like um, crispy pata, it's pork. And there's and onions and peppers, and it's spicy and savory and amazing. And it's usually got this really great sauce on it. And then some kare kare, which is like a peanut, coconut sauce dish entree and some puchero that my grandma used to make, which is a Filipino stew, which has everything in it. But the best thing in it is the bok choy and of course garlic rice and a an ube milkshake from the oinkster, which is just so freaking good. And an ube cake from Be Sweet with a scoop of ube ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> So you're a foodie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I am. Food is life. So do you have a morning routine and what part, if any, is non-negotiable? I do not have a morning routine. I just do what I feel when I'm ready to do it. I have a thing. I have a daily list, which are things that I do every day, but um, they don't necessarily happen in the morning. Is there anything from that list that you would like to share that is a non-negotiable for you? Dancing around my house for at least a few minutes. I have to do that every day. (laughs) Nice. So tell us about a person who inspires you and why. Okay, someone who inspires me is my sister. She is someone who... She's so, so thoughtful and considerate and supportive and strong and amazing and brilliant and resourceful and creative. She really, really gives me the... The freedom and the permission to be fully myself. I can be weird and just a mess and 
be screaming or crying or laughing or dying. And she will not flinch. She will not look at me like anything is happening. I love my sister. She's amazing. Uh, so yeah, she is someone who inspires me and has, has always inspired me, will always inspire me. And I want to one day take her on the best vacation in the entire world, like all across Asia and South America and everywhere. <laughs> I just want to inspire <laughs> Wonderful. I love that. Something people might not know about you. I kind of want to go with a stupid thing, which is that my left arm is shorter than my right arm. <laughs> so my bones are fused in my wrist. And that's why I can't rotate my wrist, which is fine. But it was a funny thing growing up when I used to take ballet. My teacher would be like, Why do you need to turn that? And I'd be like, I'm trying. It doesn't. <laughs> I've tried. But so yeah, that's my funny thing. My, my arm. <laughs> Or that's the thing that someone might not know about me because a lot of people have known me for a long time and might still not know that. What are you reading right now? Is there a book that you would recommend? I actually am in the middle of a lot, just like Liz said, and just like you said um, recently. I'm reading Radical Acceptance, finally, by Tara Brock. Tara Brock? I'm not sure which pronunciation is correct, but you could delete the one that's not correct. Um, I'm also reading On Earth We're Briefly Gorgeous by Ocean Vuong, which is breaking my brain open. It's so beautiful. I've cried so many times and I'm only on page 60. Also, I'm also re reading Detransition Baby by Tori Peters. Um, and I also recently finished Crying in H Mart by Michelle Zauner. We'll link to all of those so that people can find out more about those. Um, what's one thing that brings you joy right now? Talking to you, <laughs> <laughs> learning about my birth chart and connecting all these beautiful, deep pieces of universe with my insights. Wonderful. Well, I'm glad to have you here. So where can people find you online or how can they connect if they want to donate to the show? If How can they find out more? Yeah, thank you. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Becca Co, B E C C A C O. And I have linked there in my bio the When We Grow Up web series, which has a website and an Instagram. And I also have my website linked there as well. I would also love for people to see your Sir Duke cover by, you know, Stevie Wonder Sir Duke. Yes. It's so wonderful <laughs> and magical. And it, I think it really gets at the core of what we've been talking about, about what you do, like bringing joy and your singing and just the, the magical nature of the way that that was put together. And I know it was for a specific fundraiser or something that you did. Thank and you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was actually for a typhoon relief fundraiser that we did last December. That was my first event with Gab with Gabriella Los Angeles. And I got to host, which was an honor. I was so nervous, but I'm so glad that I did it. Wonderful. But that just that video has so much of your energy, the spontaneity, the funness, <laughs> you know, it's just so and it's like, what can this question again, like, what can we do during this pandemic to get creative? And find new ways to meet audiences. You know, I was really impressed with that, how you just brought it online. And then there was also, you know, the magic of something that had been produced, like literally, <laughs> and then was being presented to everyone. So yeah, yeah, we'll share that as well. Thank you. And thank you for, for watching. Yeah, I think if you're able to get outside right now, go outside and breathe some fresh air because it helps. 
Well, thank you so much for being here and, and for chatting, Becca. It's so nice to see you. Thank you so much. This was amazing. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Weave Your Bliss podcast. We hope it was inspiring for you. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave a comment for us. I want to thank the team at Team Podcast who helped get this podcast out to you. And also to thank the musicians who were the creators of this beautiful music we're listening to now. It comes from an album, Fragments of a Season, by Alexis Georgopoulos and Jeffrey Cantula-Desma. So check it out wherever you get your music. Have a wonderful day, and we will connect soon on a future episode.